0: Bears Night in Chicago on the Black and Abdallah Show. WMVP WSHE HD2, Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah live from EPI in Edison Park. Bears Night in Chicago. Brought to you by Better Light, ESPN Chicago. It's Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We're live at EPI in Edison Park. It's a full house tonight. We will talk with Bears linebacker TJ Edwards at 7 o'clock. He'll join us live at EPI here in Edison Park. At 7, Abdal, we have a chance now to talk to you, the fans, at 312-332-3776 for the next hour. Uh, the Bears lose yesterday 20-17. They fall to 5-9 and on the season season. It seems as if in many uh, Bears fans' minds the, the path is now clear that at the end of the season we'll be moving off of the head coach, and when we get towards the draft, the Bears will be using a high draft pick on a new quarterback. And that seems like we will obviously get into the the actual game from yesterday and how yeah. disappointing that loss was, but it does seem like yesterday was the straw that broke the camel's back and and essentially for anyone holding on hope that things are going to change down the stretch run for this team that they're not and now it's time to focus on the future.
1: Yeah, you and I both picked the Bears to win that game. I thought that, you know, it set up perfectly for them the way the injuries were going, um, you know, and the way the game was going too, you know. We said it going into the game, it was probably going to be a lower scoring game. Uh the Bears would have opportunities which they did. You can get Joe Flacco to throw interceptions, which they did. They got 14 points off of those turnovers, and Matt Eberflus won't let you forget that. Um, But to me, it's not so much that at the end of the game, I was like, you know, sitting on my couch being like, well, that's it. Fire Eberflus. Launch, you know, uh, try to trade uh, Justin Fields to whoever will take him and and just completely move on. I think that it's a little more nuanced than that. Like, the the flowchart for me is it's probably in the best interest of the Bears to move on from Justin Fields just because I think that the way he played against the Browns, his whoever you bring in, whoever you draft, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, is probably, their floor is probably right around where Justin Fields is. Their ceiling could be higher and obviously might be higher than what Justin Fields is. And if you're bringing in a new quarterback, to me, you got to bring in a new coaching staff. I need fresh eyes on a new quarterback. Whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's whoever you bring in a, uh, an offensive coordinator, and he's the first, you know, first time uh, head coach, which you and I both don't think that that's probably the route to go. I would love Harbaugh. Don't know if he's going to be available. Tomlin is not available right now. You know, there's guys that are out there that aren't available just yet. That might be. Um, but if you're going to get a new quarterback and reset yourself financially then to me, you got to bring in a new head coach. And I think yesterday just kind of highlighted that, okay, it's time to just reset. And it's not a, it's, it's not a full reset, right? Because we'll have fans that will call in and say, I don't want to go back to a full reset. I don't want to start over from the beginning. I don't. But I don't want to do that. But you're not you're not doing that. This defense... Explain me,
0: if you're firing the entire
1: coaching staff, you're getting a new quarterback, how are you not going back to zero? Because what you're doing is, you're setting yourself up in the same kind of way that teams like the Eagles have, like the Seahawks have, where you have one of the best defenses in the last, you know, look at it, the last five weeks of the season, last six weeks of the season now, you've got a top five defense. That's how they've been playing. They're top five in DVOA. They've generated all these turnovers recently. The addition of Montez Sweat has been phenomenal for this team you're going to continue to add you're going to add a three technique you're going to get probably get rid of eddie jackson and sign a new safety or draft a new safety whatever it is you're coming in with a great defense this isn't a few years ago where you're shipping off parts you also have a number one wide receiver who's been playing great in dj Moore. you're going to bring in another top end wide receiver that you might draft in the first round you've got a good offensive line when they're healthy You're going to bring in a new center and probably add in some depth because Tevin Jenkins can't stay healthy. So you're not just starting over. This isn't a, hey, we're bottoming out and we're going to get rid of all the money and we're going to start over. This isn't two, three years ago. This is a different team in a different situation. You've got a great defense. You're bringing in someone, a a new quarterback in a situation where they're going to be set up to succeed right away. This is more like when you brought in Trubisky, in 2018, but a better quarterback than Trubisky. You have a great defense, you've got weapons, you've got a good offensive line, now you just need a competent quarterback, and I think if you draft one high enough like they're going to and don't make the same mistake like you did when you drafted Trubisky, you're bringing them into a better situation where you could still make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, and then you have the financial flexibility for the next five years as opposed to just having it for one more year. Okay, you lay all of that out. That's fine. So you're telling me yesterday's
0: loss 100% is on the coach and the quarterback? It's
1: no. It's not. So, so, con- so then you can't, but they you didn't can't contribute. that to- they have all of this set ready to win when those pieces are here and they're not winning. I think a better coach and a better quarterback – would have le- would have led them to win the game.
0: No, I, I, I'm not going to disagree on the
1: quarterback thing. If you had a better
0: quarterback in that game yesterday, do you have so many three and outs? Do you lose that game? Probably not. Although, the quarterback made the play that, that scored you that touchdown. Absolutely. It was a hell of a throw, getting sure. out of the pocket, throwing to his left hitting Comet in the back of the end zone. That was a beautiful pass. Mm-hmm. It's also not the quarterback's fault that multiple players dropped open balls. Of course they did. Yesterday, which could have did. been
1: touchdowns as what well. It? if Robert Tunyon doesn't drop that ball, that's right Tunyon, there for him. What about Mooney? Mooney? Just hold it against your well, chest I was and going, lay there. I was going through the list. Why, why
0: was he flopping like a fish?
1: No, but you shouldn't have been in that situation to begin
0: with. I understand, but the moments that I guess what I'm trying to point to you is that they're five and nine because they're a five and nine team, and I, mm-hmm. it sounds simple. Yeah, but the defense is improving. Yeah, they're also still not good enough to be winning games, and I think that's what's concerning. And if you think Caleb Williams is going to fix everything. He's smaller than Justin Fields. He dances around in the pocket like Fields does, and he holds on to the football just as long as Mm -hmm. Justin Fields. So if you think Caleb Williams is the end-all, be-all, and Bears fans are are jumping off uh, the, the Bears bandwagon saying you have to and you only can draft. Caleb Williams, like that's where I look at it and I don't want to go back to zero because I don't know if it's a guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to be the next great quarterback in the National Football League. It's we not. thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be the next great quarterback in the National Football League and he's struggling. Yeah. So some quarterbacks go through up and ups and downs and it's not just an
1: automatic guarantee when they get thrown in there and that's why I don't want to go back down to zero. I get that, but I also look at the financial flexibility that you're going to have, you know. I think we've seen enough from Fields to warrant a quarterback change. That even if you don't draft first, if you trade back to three or four and you still get the guy that you want, assuming they don't want Caleb Williams, um, that you can still get your second round pick back. You can get a first next year in the 2025 draft. You can still get a haul. And get your quarterback for the future and get your wide receiver and get your, you know, edge rusher and do all that. And to me, that's more beneficial for the future because you have – you can set yourselves up the way the Seahawks did when they set themselves up with Russell Wilson, you know? Yeah, but you also have to hit on that quarterback, and that quarterback has to become a top-five quarterback. Of course you do. Yeah, but Fields hasn't shown anything that he can be a top-five quarterback yet.
0: No, but he could show that
1: he's average. Look, the only way that I did. Did Fields, with Fields do
0: enough yesterday to win the
1: game? I don't think so, no.
0: Was that his fault or what was around him? Yes. See, that's my point. It's both. If the offensive line was better, yeah. is Fields better yesterday? Absolutely. If his receivers help him out, is he better yesterday? Absolutely. So, like, what are we really doing? Well, you see what I'm saying? We're, we're expecting him to be a top five quarterback. He's not going to be that. But you could still win with a guy like that. You can.
1: But you have to fix everything else around him. But if you're bringing in a new coaching staff, unless, like Jim Harbaugh says to you, I want to play with Justin Fields and I want him to be the quarterback, I have a feeling that a new coaching staff is going to come in here and want another, a new quarterback, that they're going to have been like, I've seen enough. I want, you know, that I want Drake May. I want Bo Nix. I want Caleb Williams, something like that. Like if you get, if you hire Ben Johnson... You're not forcing a quarterback on a new coach. I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to go into these interviews and be like, look, we're only taking candidates that want to play with Justin Fields. That's it. Okay, but shouldn't a coach, if they're good enough,
0: be able to coach up any quarterback? Like, I hate yeah, this idea should. that you can only hire coaches who get to pick their guy and their special situation, and everything has to be perfect. What about coaches who are coaching up players? Does That's that right. happen anymore today? Well, it think? seems like all fans want to talk about is a head coach who gets to pick his guy for his thing. So right what about, now you're what sticking about, with Fields. No, I'm just saying that I think it's a little overblown assuming that just going out and firing everyone and firing the uh, the and getting rid of the quarterback is going to fix everything in the future. I think that that's too easy of logic
1: to think of, to just be dreaming of drafting. Well, you can't go into next year with all of this. You just can't. It's not working. It's not working. Well, you could keep
0: Fields and draft a quarterback in the third round or later and be a a project guy, a guy that could maybe turn into something, allow him to compete for the job, and go that way. I mean – that's why we got to ask Bears fans at 312-332-3776. Is it clear to you that Ryan Poles needs to move off of Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields? Is it clear to you? We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Chris in Norwich, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chris? Hey, man.
2: Yeah, for me, I'm not uh, clear on that at all. I think Flute keeps his job. I think we, uh, we let Fields play. I know the money situation kinda of leans against that but this was a rebuild last year. We all knew it. This year is still it's year two of a rebuild. We last night watching the game, we still had a chance. We were all behind it. And it just felt like okay we came up short this time, but I, I feel like if they just build a couple more pieces, uh, maybe we can we can do something in the in the following year. I would say, though, if I was going to change anything, obviously the offensive line needs some more work. Uh, I really don't like Nate Davis. Every time I see a replay of him, he's double-teaming a guy and another guy's free, chasing fields down. Uh, and then uh, the play calling on offense, obviously uh, everybody sitting on the couch at home is sick of seeing screen passes. And uh, it seemed like when they had the lead, we all of a sudden, you know, Get complacent and start doing all these. I mean, it seemed like we couldn't put a drive together after we scored all those points. Yeah. It just fell off. And honestly, I feel like if any coach has got to go, to be the offensive coordinator. If you look at like all these coordinators and coaches that had all these great players, like Belichick had Brady, you had Tomlin that had Roethlisberger they're struggling right now with these new guys. Uh, Getsky was with Rodgers I mean, Rogers probably saved his ass a couple times from horrible play calling.
0: Your well, I don't, I don't you're think. He, I don't, thanks for the call, Chris. I, I don't think Getsy ever called plays for Aaron Rodgers. No, he didn't. He was the quarterbacks coach when he was up there in Green Bay. But yeah. so it's the first time that he's the play caller of an offense. And and I say this like I understand what's going to happen. You can't blow the leads that you have this season in your second year with the record that you have as a head coach and stick around. I get it. I understand. I'm not naive. I also understand you have the number one pick at the moment, mm-hmm. and you have a quarterback you're unsure of. So it's tantalizing to to move off of that quarterback and take the unknown and and hope that that is uh, the lottery, that you hit big, you win the mega millions, and boom, you don't have to worry about this quarterback conversation anymore. I understand the reality in front of us. We are likely to get a new head coach, and we're likely to move off of Justin Fields. I understand it. I just don't know
1: if it's as easy as people make it seem to be. No, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I just think that I can be sold. And I'm not out on Fields just yet. There's three more games left. He's got an opportunity to put three good games together, avenge the Packers' uh, debacle from the beginning of the year. But if you had to sell me on setting up the team for financial flexibility for the next four to five years over paying Fields and re-signing him to an extension... I'm going with the next five years of financial flexibility because I'm not ready to give field. I know you don't have to pay him yet, but I'm not ready to give him that kind of contract just yet. And I think that that has to weigh on their mind. You have to pay fields in a year. You can pick up the fifth-year option. It's $25 million after next year. But after that, you have to extend him. And there's too much talent in this class for me to say, well, I could just reset with what could be a better quarterback. There's no guarantee. You're right. But he could be a better quarterback and you set yourself up to spend money on different positions and set this team up for, for longer-term success. It's Black and Abdallah. It's Bears
0: Night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. If you come out tonight to the Edison Park Inn in Edison Park, we have a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets to give away. You have to be here in person for the final home date of the season for the Chicago Bears, so make sure you join us here at the Edison Park Inn. Uh, we're talking Bears football, and we're talking to you at 312-332-3776. What do you think the Bears will do after this season? Are Eberflus and Fields out? You can call us. We'll talk to you. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. This is Bears. Live from EPI in Edison Park, Bears, 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 night in Chicago on the Black and Abdallah Show, brought to you by Miller Lite, ESPN Chicago. <laughs> Edison Park, presented by Miller Lite. It's Bears night in Chicago with Black and Abdallah. Bears linebacker TJ Edwards will join us at 7 o'clock. And I'm not just saying this because he's hosting the show with us tonight, Abdallah. Yeah. He is having a season. And, and quite honestly, like, as a Bears fan, it's been a lot of fun to watch a, a new face on the team who's from the area who just balls out. Yeah. Like, he he's just a guy that gets to work. And you can see, like... He's making plays, but mm-hmm. also he makes all the like little plays when you're watching defensively. Maybe not the flash plays he's helping others create. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a hell of a year, and he had six tackles yesterday, a half sack, two passes defended, a quarterback hit. He had a really good game yesterday. He forced that fumble, too. He, he forced did.
1: that fumble to, for the interception, for the touchdown for uh, t- for uh, Edmonds. And I think, you know, I, I, I've said it to him last week, the dude's everywhere. He's Everywhere He swarms the football. He's got a nose for the football. It's amazing to see him, especially in like – and he knows the history. We've talked to him about it before, yeah. the history of Erlacher and Briggs. He grew up watching them just like we did. That, you know, these are th- – there's a history here in Chicago. It means a little more to play linebacker here. And uh, I think for him, you know, he's kind of owned that, and, and it's the way he plays, you know, knowing, that, knowing the history – and, uh, listen, he's been on very successful teams before. He's, he played for the Eagles last year. He was in a Super Bowl last year. Um, so he knows what it takes to get to that point. And um, I think that this defense has gotten to the point where, you know, you could easily put this defense up against any de- The way they're playing right now, put this defense up against any in the NFL, and they would stack up pretty well. Buck and Abdallah here on ESPN
0: 1000, hanging out, talking to you, talking Bears football at 312-332-3776. We go to Dan in Orland Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dan?
3: Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? We're good, man. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so I don't think it's – I think this is why it's such a fascinating debate. The fact that we are even debating it, right, means that – no one really knows. I think it's so split. I've never seen anything like it between, you know, field lovers, field haters, Caleb lovers, Caleb haters. But my thing is, and I'm 30 years old, so I've never really seen an awesome Bears team. I mean, 05, 06. They, they were good, right? I mean, it's the Super Bowl. But whatever. But don't you feel like it'd be so Bears for them to, let's say they kept Fields, and then Caleb becomes the next Mahomes, and Maid becomes the next Herbert, or they get Caleb Williams. He thinks, Field goes off somewhere, and May is the next Herbert. Or whoever they pick, don't you feel like it's just so Bears that the worst is going to happen? And maybe that's just me being 30, and I've seen more negative things happen in the Bears than than most fan bases. Um, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And, and the Iber, Iberflus thing, I think he has to go. I saw a stat today where the three games that they lost, they should have won. It was like 98%, 96%, 98% yep. for those three games. And I think the percentage to lose all three of those games was like point zero zero four. I mean, if that's not indicative of, of what you should do with the Eagles, I don't know what it is, but one want to know your thoughts, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call, Dan. I think that it's something that you have to, you know, obviously we talked about it a bunch for a few weeks when he was playing really well, is, you know, you missed out on C.J. Stroud, right? Like, you evaluated the quarterbacks, and you said someone would have to wow you, and none of them wowed you, and now C.J. Stroud looks like to be a, a franchise quarterback, for the Texans. It's only been a year, right. but as of right now, he looks like a franchise quarterback for the Texans. And that's kind of what you worry about. And that, to me, is why I think that they'll go that direction. Because they don't want to miss out on the next thing. You don't want to miss on, out on Bo Nicks being the next Joe Burrow because of their age and how much football they play. You don't want to miss out on Drake May being the next Josh Allen you know, because of the way he, the way he uses his size and his running ability. You don't want to miss out on Caleb Williams presumably being the next Patrick Mahomes, even though I don't think he's going to be. And I feel like if you would have, because, you know, people are, are emotional and tweeting up stuff after the games. They're like, Caleb Williams would have won that game. Caleb Williams would have run around and done the same dumb stuff that Fields was doing yesterday, all right, because that's what he does. The funniest one that I saw on social media
0: yesterday was the uh, Fields throw the Tunyon. Yeah. And it was Caleb Williams will have caught that. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus in Minneapolis, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Marcus?
4: Man, you guys,
5: uh, perfect timing. I mean, you, you kind of said exactly what I was thinking. The thing that's so frustrating from week to week with every game is everything is overanalyzed. I'm me personally, I'm in the middle. I can I, I, I can see either way. If Fields gets traded or we draft Caleb Williams, but when people start to over and there's no nuance to um, the games anymore. So we're forgetting we played the Cleveland Browns this year. Their top two, three or five defense, They allow 158 passing yards a game. And then someone said on Twitter, "Yeah, even if Tanya caught that pass, it's only 250 yards." I'm like, what? That's a that's a top defense in the league. We're forgetting that. And it, 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 every no no quarterback has had like a great game against uh, Cleveland Browns this year. And so it's just like the things like that, we were expecting him to have like 300 yards, three touchdowns every week. It's not realistic for any quarterback. But every little, like let me ask you guys, do you guys think Kills had a bad game yesterday or was it like, was ah, what's really good or bad? Like, you me get your opinion.
0: Say that one more time, Marcus. I lost so, you on so, that last part.
5: So the game yesterday, do you guys feel like Fields played a bad game, or did he just play like a, uh, it was okay? It was um, to... Okay,
0: so I think he played a decent game, but didn't make enough plays at the end to win. I thought he came out and was playing a very, very good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And then it obviously didn't go their way, but I, there were plays that he was making and that players weren't making for him that I think cost them.
5: Okay, that's fair, because... I've been here on the radio today. Some people, I, I won't name names, but they're saying,
0: "Name dude, names." Didn't,
5: I'm sorry. What was that?
0: Name names. names.
5: Oh, okay. So, Cap and Jay, Hood. <laughs> Jay he is
0: really,
5: uh He's really bad, and those are my guys. I like, them. but I think sometimes they're unfair. Mainly, Jay Hood, with his skills criticism. Like he'll say, "He didn't do enough." And it's like, dude, you have to keep in mind he's still playing the Cleveland Browns defense yesterday. Like Cap said, when he tripped, the play on fourth and one, with Phils tripped, Cap said that can't happen. It's <laughs> like, dude, uh, Mahomes doesn't play perfect games. either. Like yeah, we're, we're forgetting that we, we don't have any balance with these games. But that's, that's all I want to say. Thanks yeah, for thanks. Yeah,
0: thanks for the call, Marcus. Uh, and like I, I think that's where, uh, if you were listening to this show last week after the Minnesota game, or uh, two weeks ago. After the Minnesota game, when the Bears won by a bunch of screen passes, mm-hmm. you and I were at the forefront of arguing that not every game can look pretty. With that said, you got to win the games. So to, to the conversation we were just having with Marcus, if Fields doesn't trip to like what Cap said mm-hmm. and gets that first down, the Bears go on to win, you can, you can look ugly and win. You can't look ugly and lose, I think is what I'm trying to point to. It's, like, it's magnified because they're losing. If they were able to win these games, I think people would be more forgiving that the quarterback isn't throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I think the fact that it looks ugly and they're losing,
1: that, that's what's going to do them in. Oh, yeah. Look, we did the pre-pregame show yesterday, leading into uh, Sylvie Dion and Briggs, and I, I said it from the jump. I don't care if Fields throws for two yards and they end up winning the game. I just want to win the game. I don't care because there are more. Yesterday, there were more things on the line than just seeing if Fields is the guy. You had playoff implications on the line yesterday. And if they win an ugly game, you know, thirteen to ten, then so be it. They win an ugly game thirteen to ten. You're still in the hunt. You're still we're still scoreboard watching all the other teams. We're still trying to make a push for the wild card. There's a difference than him okay, well he looked bad and it cost them probably cost them a spot in the playoffs. And that's that's the issue with yesterday's game. Uh, the Twitchers say if you're ugly, you're ugly. Well yeah. But sometimes <laughs> no, that's it. It's sometimes, Blake's, sometimes there's not yeah, that many people. What? Sometimes you know there's not that many people in the bar at the end of the night. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> so are the lights about
1: to turn on? Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> the lights turn on and you're just like, you know what?
0: Eberflus and Justin are all right. Fine with me. Catch eyes. Yeah. It's Black and Abdallah Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Light. We're at Edison Park Inn in Edison Park. TJ Edwards will join us at seven. We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Let's talk about this Bears loss to the Browns yesterday, 20-17. to 17. They're now 5-9 and nine on the season. What do they do next? We'll take your calls here on ESPN 1000.
3: Live from EPI in Edison Park,
0: Bear, Bear, Bears
3: Night in Chicago
0: on the Bleck and Abdallah Show. Brought to you by Miller Lite, ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah, Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Light. We're at Edison Park Inn in Edison Park. We're hanging out, drinking Miller Light. Yeah. Did you guys get your pizza order in? We
1: did. You it's have to very, wait till the very, next commercial break. It's very complicated. It sounds like. No, we didn't like, get it in yet? It sounds like there's Large a, half cheese, half pepperoni, please, to the bar, to it, the, it sounds, uh, to the
0: I'm, I'm trying uh, to yeah, coordinate with you guys, and you guys keep giving me, like, these weird little intonations and these little Whoa, faces and everything. <laughs> Well, I'm worked up now because you guys are messing you gotta, with my pie. You
1: gotta do I've seen enough comedians to know you just go large, half cheese, half pepperoni to the uh, to the stage, please. Okay, great. That's all you need. Fantastic. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Kevin. Yeah, great. We we appreciate you.
0: He thinks we have a
1: tone. Yeah,
0: you
1: you guys are I'm, giving me little looks you, and listen, you're giving me little intonations. You haven't seen tone yet. Okay, don't fire up, Black. He's known to scream at a young producer. Oh, I'm okay, not, I'm not
0: a young producer. All right, I will tell us <laughs> I'm an old producer.
1: <laughs> you Need a young producer
0: and an old producer. All right, let's talk bears. Uh, Blackhead Doll <laughs> here at EPI. We're having fun. Maybe we'll order a pizza. I've heard it's I very I just good. Did. I've heard it's very good. Uh, let's go to Dex in Northbrook. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dex? How
4: you doing, guys?
0: We're good, man. We're having a great time.
4: Okay, I got two comments. First, I'd like to say something to Marcus who just called. Yeah. Yes, he didn't. (laughs) A quarterback can't uh, go 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. He's it once in 35 games. That's not why I called, though.
0: Okay. Why did you call?
4: The Bears have played six or seven backup quarterbacks in the last 10 games. The defense may not be as good as you guys think it is. They haven't played. San Francisco, Philadelphia, or anybody of that category. So I'm not quite sure the defense is that good. The okay. second comment I have is Ryan Poults is pretty smart. If yeah. he thought that Getty was doing the wrong thing with Justin Fields, he would have fired him, or in 13 games he would have said to him, you've got to do something different. I believe that Ryan Pauls, in his mind, as has Justin Fields gone. Okay. That's why he, that's why nothing has been done. I think he thinks he's a game manager and that's exactly what getsy is doing. He's just having a managed game. That's it.
0: Alright, Thank Dex. You. Thanks for the phone call, three one two, three three two three seven seven six. It's blocking him knowledge. I know. Bears night in Chicago, we're at Edison Park Inn in Edison Park. We're drinking Miller Lite, and now we're joined by Bears linebacker T.J. Edwards.
6: What's up? What's going on?
0: How are How's it going, T.J.?
6: You know, been better, yeah. but we're here. Yeah, yeah.
0: So let's talk about it. Uh, where do you want to start? Such a tough loss. We were just taking calls from our uh, great listeners. Yeah, sounds like, interesting. But, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it, that's how the night show goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The night show's um, fun. <laughs> but, like I think the fan base we we felt something we we thought you guys almost had it, and I think that 's why I know it was devastating for you guys in the locker room, but for fans and why people thought that that you guys could actually pull it off, and what was it like the moments after on the field in the in the locker room yesterday?
6: yeah, it was tough, no doubt about it um you know that one that one hurt I think it was uh it was dead silent in there you know after just because You put so much into it, man, and uh, played played so well for uh, so long, and then you know come up short at the end. It's tough. It's always tough, and um, you know. But we we were right back in there today, and uh, you know we got right back to work, and that's that's really all we can do right now is just get back to work and and fix what happened and um, keep on moving forward. That's what uh, a
1: few of the questions to Matt Eberflus were today in his press conference. Was how does he keep you guys? Uh, motivated for these next three games, obviously the playoff implications from the loss yesterday. It's got a lot of things have to fall your guys' way to make the playoffs. But he said, you know, just focusing on the guy next to you. What was his message to you guys today, uh, as far as the next three games go?
6: Yeah, it was. I mean, honestly, um, you know, in terms of you know what lies ahead, all we can focus on is this week, you know. And um, we we were very critical of the of the tape that we watched today, and um, which is something that I can appreciate because I think it'd be easy to. You know, people just to be hurt from what happened. and uh, But we looked at it with a critical eye, and uh, I, th- I think everyone looked in the mirror and just took accountability, which is which is what you want. And, um, you know, we, we got right back to where We, you know, put in some of our game plan for uh, this week, and, um, you know, we can't really focus on, you know, in terms of playoffs, what that all looks like. You know, for us, we, we play this game for, for pride, you know, no matter what our record is, no matter what's going on. Um, and we're just, we're gonna keep doing that, no doubt.
0: When you guys watch back today, uh, what was the biggest uh, point to kind of bring out of what you guys saw on tape?
6: Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of you know points in the game to where. Um you know we quite just didn't make a play when we needed to and uh, especially in that fourth quarter you know that's when it all kind of comes down I think on d- on defense we were solid for most of the game but um, when it came down to it in the fourth we didn't get them off the field when we needed to and um, give our offense that extra possession to go win it and at the end of the day our offense still got down there and almost had a chance there at the end but uh, I think just as a team you know we got to find a way to execute at the end and find a way to make a play when we need it and um, that's that's really what you can focus on for sure.
1: Everfus also mentioned the uh, the 24-hour rule. Mm-hmm. So, like, now that you guys have, you know, put the, the tape behind you and everything, um, is it still, you know, somewhat in the back of your mind? Because this isn't the first time this season where you guys have had a lead late into a game and then end up losing that game. Does it still, like, creep into the back of your mind when you're out there, like, against the Cardinals coming up or the Falcons or the Packers at the end of the game? Or is it completely just wipe it out and then just focus on what you're doing right there?
6: Uh, I mean, I think it would be you know unrealistic or you know I, again you know we're we're human as well and you know we feel those things so i think it's it's hard not to um think about just because again man i you know that was a, it was a great week of prep it was everything went as expected and um just couldn't couldn't quite finish it at the end so i mean i mean me personally you know that one will, will stick with me for a bit but it's not going to affect how I move forward with how I play or, or how I, um, you know, communicate with my teammates or anything like that. And um, that's football, man. That's the league. You know, crazy things happen every single week, and uh, you got to be ready to get back out there and, and play your best game again on Sunday.
0: Is this something where you look at the younger
6: guys in the room and say, like, hey, this is motivation for the future? Yeah, I think. Again, like anytime you're you're a younger guy in these situations, you're just all you're doing right now is constantly learning. You're going through all these situations. You're um, learning from the vets in terms of how they respond and things like that. And um, as veterans, you know the best way that we can respond is being the same people we've been from the start of the year, right? You know, going into work, putting our head down, and um, taking care of our bodies, taking care of our mental to, to show these guys that. Um, at the end of the day, like there's another good team coming here on Sunday, and we got to go play a- another good game, and um, that's that's where our focus is at for sure.
1: You guys played really well defensively. You know, uh, all the turnovers, 14 points off of those turnovers. You know, we talked a little bit last week about. What has changed in the room? And obviously, you guys had Montez Sweat. He's a huge yeah. addition. But what was it like playing in that defense uh, this week without Yanni Kingakwe for the first time? You know, in a in a while, with him not out there.
6: Yeah, uh, it, it's I mean, it's tough. Yann like was a it was a huge piece of you know what we do in, on the edge. But um, you saw a lot of guys step up in terms of Demarcus Walker and Dom um, Robinson came in, and and obviously Tez just he's a monster man he is he's definitely what um everyone thought he was in terms of what he can do man he's uh yeah it's it's definitely you know you feel better going out there on the field with him no doubt but um no I thought you know for the most part you know we, we played a really good game and um it was a lot of fun man we were flying around it was it was just it was grimy out there it was muddy it was it was cold uh kind of just how just how we like it to be honest so it was it was a good time, and. Um, it's got to find a way to do it at the end there. No you doubt.
0: looked like you were having a great time. Yeah. And, and, you know, my perspective, and I'm sure Adam agrees with us, and many who are here to, to see you agree, we like having you as a Chicago Bear. It's, it's <laughs> I fun. It. No, seriously. I appreciate it. I told him I was going to say this. <laughs> you, you seem like you care, and I appreciate the work that you put in.
6: No, I mean, I again, man. I this is this is how I grew up, right? This is what I this is what I did every Sunday was watch the Bears play, and um, so to be a be a part of it, the Bears, yeah. To be a part (laughs) of it is special, man. So uh, you know, just like anything else, man. I want to give it my all and see see what happens at the end. I said
1: it to Waddle and Sylvie earlier: the forced fumble, interception for the touchdown between you and Edmonds. I was like, Oh that's that's very Briggs and Urlacher like. Yeah. Like it was, that was very was cool. Briggs and Urlacher like <laughs> to see you guys. And then last night I was at dinner uh with my stepfather. He's an Eagles fan diehard Eagles fan, yeah. had season tickets for a while, and he was like, oh, we, shouldn't have let him get away. we shouldn't have let him get away. So we're happy you're yeah. here. He's no not no. happy that you're here. I appreciate it, man. I
6: appreciate it. Well,
0: we, we told you last week, we're uh, trying to campaign for you to get to the Pro Bowl. So <laughs> I
6: appreciate that. Everybody retweet it, right? <laughs> yeah. the retweet is a vote. Everybody retweet it. Come
1: on.
0: Uh, from, from the highlights to probably the lowest uh, moment for the defense, uh, take us through the third and 15 uh, from the 47, Njoku gets behind Jones. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right there to his side. Take uh, from a fan's perspective. Take us through the play.
6: Um, yeah, it was a it was a gotta have it play. So something um again where we knew we were kind of gonna bring some type of pressure just to try to get the ball out quick. And um, unfortunately, they made a good play. You know, they um, kind of found the spot. And, and again, it's kind of one of those where it never truly comes down to one play. Um, But that one's tough. And, and again, man, they they executed a good play. So hats off to them. There's really, you know, again, I'm sure we could do some things different. But, again, it never comes down to one play. Um, So it's kind of how it goes.
0: Was that something that uh, – it's a play that's called – Iberflus talked about it when he was on the radio station Mm -hmm. earlier today. It's called In Different Situations. Is that in a normal situation? Are you expecting the crossing receiver to always – try and stick closer to the line of scrimmage so then it gives an easier throw to the quarterback? Is is that what was strange about it, or was it the fact that Flacco... Continue to backpedal and kind of toss it up into the air yeah
6: i think that was the the tough part right on that normally the ball gets out a a little quicker but he he actually made a a good play just by kind of buying a a half a second of time and um letting letting njoku get behind you know the coverage a bit um so kind of one of those just got extended and uh they made a good play you know njoku's a good player when he gets the ball in his hands so um yeah just just kind of one of those for sure
1: he might not have the arm strength or has ever had any mobility, but there's got to be something about Joe Flacco having the, the good football mind, and that seemed to be where he kind of, when he needed to use it, he had that yeah. in him. What was it like facing Joe Flacco yesterday?
6: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, so I was with him uh, when I was in Philly. I want to say my rookie year rookie or second year, um, but it was pretty wild to I me mean, that he was like running around. I'm like, this is this is nuts right now. This dude is like scrambling around. Uh, but he, I mean, he's got he can make every throw. You know, he's seen again. He's seen a lot of a lot of football, so there's not a lot that's going to fool him. Um, but yeah, I was. I mean, honestly, my hats off to him because I was more impressed that he was moving out of the pocket and um, you know doing some of those things that we haven't we haven't seen at all. So um, and that's again, you know, they they were clearly had some type of plan for it just in terms of extending plays a bit and um, executing. Well, you guys got home and you got pressure for yeah. most of the game, and you you guys were having a lot of success
0: on it. And yeah. I, I think that's where, you know, we're just sitting on the couch watching these games, and it feels like around the league, no matter how good the defense is, when it gets too late in the fourth quarter, the offenses in the league find a way to get yardage and to get into the end zone. and yeah. And that's – You know, it's tough to watch as a fan because you're thinking no lead is a a big enough lead. Is that that something that you guys were kind of thinking in the back of your head uh, on the sideline as well? That, like, we need to get something else here in the mid-fourth quarter, early fourth quarter to to kind of push us
6: over the top? Uh, I mean, you know, we've had our fair share of heartbreaks in the fourth quarter, so I don't think anyone was uh, complacent or... Conf, not, I wouldn't say confident, but anyone was satisfied with where we were at. We definitely wanted to um, extend the lead and things like that, but um, again, man, I thought their defense did a good job of getting getting our offense off the field, and, and their offense, you know, they, they drove the ball at the end there, and um, really on two drives to, to go win it, so um, again, man, it's, it's all stuff that we can control, and, and all stuff that uh, we could have been better on, no doubt, and um, that's, that's what we looked at today and, and got right back to it.
0: They're, they're a good team. So, yeah. like, they, this is the yeah. other thing. Like, somehow, and they, they flashed the graphic on television that you guys are playing that, you know, it, it's unusual for a team with that record to have four different starting quarterbacks throughout yeah. a season. And, and so, like, I know Joe Flacco was not in the league a couple of weeks ago, and he's a backup to the backup to the backup. Yeah. But they're a really talented group. And, and so it's all over the field. It's Njoku at tight end. It's their defense is stellar. I mean, like, what did you see from the defensive side? You, I know you guys are kind of studying on what you need to do when you get yeah. back on the field. But what do you see from their defense and their ability to attack?
6: Yeah, um, I mean, actually, you know, know a couple guys over there and uh, played under Jim Schwartz for for two years, so I know his his play style is very aggressive, and he's gonna, um, you know, he, he's he's a really good coach in terms of dialing up pressure into certain looks, and um, yeah, man, I thought, you know, they're flying around. It's a, like you said, it's a really good football team, you know, from top to the bottom, from special teams to uh, offensive weapons, defensive weapons. I mean, uh, Miles Garrett is is everything you think he is, no doubt. Um, so yeah, they're they're a handful for sure, and I think. You know, again, you get a guy like Joe Flacco who can manage the game and, um, you know, try not to, you know, make mistakes for his team. It's, it's a it's a tough team to beat, and um, we still feel like we, we probably should have got him, which is, you know, what we're encouraged about because we know that uh, we're a good team, too, and we got good pieces as well, and... Um, you know, they just they got the better of us that game for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Matt Eberfluss in his press conference today also rattled off the stats. 12 interceptions, 14 total takeaways since week 11, 14 points off of those turnovers yesterday, and you've outscored opponents 39 to nothing in the third quarter. We mentioned it a, a little bit last week, but there's got to be, like, I don't know if you guys are getting the, the Michael Jordan, like, the secret juice or whatever it is <laughs> yeah, at halftime, sauce, yeah. but there's something <laughs> going on at halftime where you guys come out in the, in the third quarter and are just playing absolute lights out is that adjustments is that just you know being more familiar with your opponent after a half of football what goes into being so successful in that third quarter
6: yeah i think it's a it's a combination of both i mean um you know every and we've talked about this a bit, but every team has their you know first 15 set of plays in terms of um, really scheme beaters that you think you're going to see so you don't really see those plays on film or anything like that, and you kind of have to adjust to what they're trying to do, how they're trying to attack you um, and I think our coaches do a really really good job of that at halftime of making those adjustments and um, getting us in the right looks to, to go execute and again, I think it's just us understanding how they're trying to attack us and um, bunkering down I mean I think that's what that's what I'm so proud of honestly this team in general is we adjust and we um, try to find a way to make plays in the second half for sure
0: yeah and and that's where it's like it's impressive to see the change throughout the game and then also the defense allows the offense to stick in the game and and yesterday you guys are the ones that scored put points on the board you take the lead and it seemed like everything was moving in the right direction and and it, it it just sucks because I'm it was you. all right there. <laughs> I'm with it. And, and like, that's yeah, what we were taking phone calls on uh, to the fans is that, like, they, it seemed like you guys were playing not a perfect game, but uh, you were excelling at what the team wanted to do. Defensively, you guys were dictating what was happening on the field. Yep. And the offense, even though they're going up against a really tough opponent, they yeah. they were having some success yep. in the first half. And I think like that's where we get to Justin in the quarterback position. Like in the first half, he was playing well. And yep. if a couple of plays are made for him, it looks like a totally different day. The Robert Tunyon drop over the over the right side down the sideline. You know, Mooney unfortunately had the football in his chest on the hail mary pass. Like there's a couple of items that if plays are made offensively, this is a different conversation, a different vibe in the city today.
6: Yeah, I mean that is uh that is the NFL. That is that's how you're judged, right? Wins or losses. Um doesn't really matter how it looked. It just matters on uh the result and um again, you know, I think like you said like we make a couple of those plays no one's really talking about um these things that we're talking about right now, but um that's just that's just how it goes unfortunately and um again, man, you you got you to gotta understand that the effort that everyone's putting into this, it's not like people are going out there and just uh, jogging around, trying to get through the day. You know, people, this is their livelihood. And, um, you know, again, even the, the Hail Mary, to understand how tough of a play that is to make when you're getting pushed and falling backwards. Um, so it's definitely easier said than done if some things would have, you know, went our way, but um, fortunately they didn't, and we got to find a way to respond.
0: Bears linebacker T.J. Edwards, he's here with us. Blocking Abdallah at EPI in Edison Park. It's Bears night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We'll be right back with the Bears linebacker right here on ESPN 1000.